we continue with the question, what do we know about the omniscience of God from the biblical revelation that God on a number of occasions is said to have repented or changed his mind concerning things which he had done or had planned to do. We saw that the Hebrew word repent meant basically to be sorry, to grieve, to lament. And we saw further from the scripture in Genesis 6 that God, when he saw the development of sin and all the concentrated wickedness, actually repented, we are told, of the creation of man. We saw also concerning Saul that God is said to have repented of having appointed Saul to be king when the development of his wickedness became manifest. We go on to other scriptures. God is said to have repented while his pronounced judgments were going on and as a result decided to stay the hand of judgment. This is brought out, for example, in Judges chapter 2 and verses 16 to 18. Here we have described cycles of departure, judgment, and mercy during the period of the judges. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. And yet they would not hearken unto their judges, but they went a-whoring after other gods, and bowed themselves unto them. They turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. And when the Lord raised them up judges, then the Lord was with the judge, and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For it repented the Lord because of their groanings, by reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them. So here we have it put forth that as the cycle of disobedience called for a decision of judgment, as the judgment was going on and God saw their groanings and their uh, submission in some fashion to the judgments that he had sent, that he repented and stayed those judgments and sent other judges to deliver them. In the 106th Psalm, we read a similar description of the visitation of judgment upon Israel for their sins. Verses 40 to 45. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people, insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance, and he gave them into the hand of the heathen, and they that hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their hand. Many times did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel, and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry, and he remembered for them his covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercy. Here again we have the sending of judgment because of disobedience, the groaning under the hand of judgment, God in his great love and mercy being moved with compassion, changing his mind, and staying the hand of judgment. In First Chronicles chapter 21 and verses 11 to 15, we have a situation that certainly has a revelation from the heart of God. As a punishment for his sin in numbering the children of Israel 
referring to David, which must have had some national significance and guilt, David was given a choice of three means of punishment and elected to fall under the direct judging hand of God, for he felt that God was more merciful than men. So Gad came to David and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Choose thee, either three years of famine or three months to be destroyed before thy foes, while that the sword of thine enemies overtake thee, or else three days the sword of the Lord, even pestilence in the land, and the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the coasts of Israel. Now therefore advise thyself what word I shall bring again to him that sent me. And David said unto Gad, I am in a great strait. Let me fall now into the hand of the Lord, for very great are his mercies. But let me not fall into the hand of men. So the Lord sent pestilence upon Israel, and there fell of Israel seventy thousand men. And God sent an angel unto Jerusalem to destroy it. And as he was destroying, the Lord beheld, and he repenteth him of the evil, and said to the angel that destroyed, It is enough, stay now thine hand. And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. So here God sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem. But in the process, God was moved with mercies and changed his mind, staying the angel's hand from further judgment. We go on to Jeremiah chapter 42 and verses 9 to 12. After the Babylonian oppression had begun, a remnant in the land of Palestine had in great honesty of heart appealed to Jeremiah to pray for them. And so the account goes, verse 9, And said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, unto whom ye sent me to present your supplication before him. If ye will still abide in this land, then will I build you, and not pull you down, and I will plant you, and not pluck you up. For I repent me of the evil that I have done unto you. Be not afraid of the king of Babylon, of whom ye are afraid. Be not afraid of him, saith the Lord, for I am with you to save you and to deliver you from his hand, and I will show mercies unto you, that he may have mercy upon you and cause you to return unto your own land. So here God is pictured as repenting of the judgment that had been brought and promised, their protection in the land. God's freely turning from his hand of judgment in response to the humiliating repentance of these folk. And so in the next place, God is said to have made decisions to send judgments for sin and even sent his servants forth to proclaim this certainty and later on repenting of his purpose in response to prayer and considerations of mercy. We saw from this sixth chapter of Genesis that in God's great grief he made a certain tremendous decision. As we read in the seventh verse, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping things and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Here we have the affirmation that God is going to destroy all men from off the face of the earth. 
And then we find the wonderful interruption. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So evidently God changed his mind in consideration of faithful Noah and his possibilities. In the 32nd chapter of Exodus, we know that Moses had spent 40 days on the mountain with God, receiving the law when the terrible sin of the golden calf took place. This was an apostasy to the gods of Egypt, and God was determined to wipe out Israel, but changed his mind upon the intercession of Moses. And so in verse 7, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf, and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. Notice the positive declaration of what God has determined to do. But Moses, in his great humility, instead of thinking that this would be a nice position for him to have, uh, turned to God in the greatest of petition. And Moses besought the Lord his God, and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out, to slay them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath, and repent of this evil against thy people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and saidst unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And now the wonderful declaration, And the Lord repenteth of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. What a challenge to intercessory prayer! If we cannot accept the facts of this declaration, then prayer is seriously wounded. So it is said that God proposed in his great grief to send judgment and destroy the nation and start over again with Moses. And in response to Moses' humble petition, God repenteth of this evil and decided to restore Israel and go along with their rebelliousness. In Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 5 to 10, we have a general summary as to how God will change his purposes of judgment and blessing in accordance to man's reactions to his dispensations. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah is speaking forth from his heart, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hands, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom, to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it? If that nation, against whom I have pronounced, turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. 
and at what instance I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, how we thank Thee for Thy Word and for the descriptions that it gives us of Thy remarkable goodness and Thy loving being. How we thank Thee that even when it is necessary for Thee to send judgment, that Thou dost do it with a broken heart and with a tender heart, and that Thou art responsive to the needs of men. Oh, we thank Thee that through repentance we may come to the cross of Jesus and by faith in His death receive forgiveness of sin and go on to serve Thee in the happy relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. May many be moved to do so this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.